Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello everyone, welcome to That's What People Do. This week's episode we've been really looking forward to, mainly because there's a documentary out on a channel, new channel called Sky Crime. Yep. And uh, it's a, it has a two-part documentary called I Love You, Now Die. Yeah. And that is about a young lady called Michelle Carter. And that's who we're going to talk about today. Welcome James. Hello, it's good to be here. Um, you're looking forward to this one, aren't we? I'm really looking forward to it. I'll have a good debate. We've got quite a bit to talk about. So, um, as I said, if you haven't watched it already, I really would suggest you go and watch it. Yeah. Maybe pause us. We'll wait. Pause. And welcome back. If you have just <laughs> gone away and watched it, you'll have an idea of what we're going to talk about today. And you may be interested to join in as well. So do join in if you want to. Um, but again, for those who haven't watched it, um, it's about a young girl called Michelle Carter. And what I'll do instead is we'll read something first. We're, we're going to start by reading stuff. So here's how we're going to do it. James, if you could read Michelle and I shall read Conrad. Is that all right? Yeah, just make sure I'm in the right place. Yeah. I think, I'll, I think I'm in the right place. We'll see. So go on. Give it a go. Are you going to do it today? Yes. Like in the daytime? Should I? Yeah, it's less suspicious. You won't think about it as much, and you'll get it over with instead of waiting until the night. Yeah, then I will. Like where? Like, I could go in any enclosed area? Go in your truck and drive in a parking lot somewhere to a park or something. Do it now, like early. Like, why am I so hesitant lately? Like, two weeks ago... I was willing to try everything and now I'm worse, really bad, and I'm lol, not following through. It's eating me inside. You're so hesitant because you keep overthinking it and pushing it off. You just need to do it, Conrad. The more you push it off, the more it will eat you. You're ready and prepared. All you have to do is turn the generator on and be free and happy. No more putting it off, no more waiting. You're right. If you want it as bad as you say you do, it's time to do it today. Okay, 
I'm going to do it today. Do you promise? I promise, babe. I have to now. Like right now? Where do I go? And you can't break a promise and just go in a quiet parking lot or something. Are you going to do it now? I just don't know how to leave them, you know? Say you're going to go to the store or something. Like, I want them to know that I love them. They know. That's the one thing they definitely know. You're overthinking. I know. I'm overthinking. I've been overthinking for a while now. I know. You have to do it like you said. Are you going to do it now? I still haven't left yet, haha. Why? Leaving now. Okay. You can do this. Okay. I'm almost there. So shortly after these text messages were sent, Conrad Roy III, sitting in his Ford pickup truck in an empty Kmart car park, turns on a diesel generator and waits for the fumes to take him away. At some point, he becomes unconscious. And he becomes scared. So he jumps out the car and he rings Michelle, where he tells her he's scared because he's working. But she tells him, get back in the car. Michelle tells a friend over text, his death is my fault. Like, honestly, I could have stopped it. It was, I was the one on the phone with him and he got out of the car because it was working and he got scared and I fucking told him to get back in because I knew that he would do it all over again the next day and I couldn't have him live the way he was living anymore. And he died. So, Conrad Roy III passed away in his Ford pickup truck outside the car park of a Kmart store and I'm saying it's her fault basically so so for context the way we're doing this episode is Ryan is going to take the prosecution I'm going to take the defence whether we necessarily agree with what we're saying maybe not but we're going to take it from each standpoint to try and have some form of debate around this because when I first watched a documentary and first started researching this, I was very much anti-Michelle Carter. Mm. I was very much prosecute her. And then as you hear the defense's pitch or case, y- you understand that there's a lot more depth to this yeah, than that, first meets the eye. So the documentary that comes out, does it, it, it goes through Conrad Roy's suicide um, by sort of asphyxiation by putting on a diesel generator in his car and him suffocating from the fumes and the point being is that the case is saying Michelle Carter made him do it by proactively encouraging him to commit suicide via text all the time um, and this two part documentary an episode one sides on the prosecution that is uh, against Michelle Carter and then episode 2 is on the flip side and shows the case from the defence's side uh, saying that Michelle Carter is not as bad or as you know guilty as you think and actually there's two sides to the story and so yeah we're just going to talk about it today so I really was interested in this story I really wanted to talk about it as my bad person for this week but I just I needed James to watch it. I was like, James, dude, you got to watch this episode. This this is crazy. This whole story is crazy. It brings up so many moral and ethical questions. It really does. And I don't know if like you know, I, I I don't know if it can be resolved that easily. So I was like, please just watch this. And what we'll do is this episode, we're just gonna have a chat. We're just gonna talk about it and see what we think because it's just so interesting. It's, it's like, speaking from a 
filmmaking point of view as well the documentary is very well made very very well made very impressive um i was i was hooked from like the get-go yeah from straight away like the some of the first opening uh shots is that beach yeah and just the odd text just yeah. pop up on the screen and it's pretty much what we just read you and it's it's amazing it's you just from the from the get-go you're like wow wow so so I don't really. So like like I said, we we are trying to kind. Of, I'm. This is my episode. I'm I'm trying to kind of do this bit off the cuff. Normally I have some sort of a script or somewhere to follow. This one I kind of dropped the ball. I was like, should nah, we give some context? Just have a chat. Go on in. Let's start got? with some context. So the context is, Michelle and Conrad. I think they're both from Massachusetts. They, they are, live, which they is live, a word you can't say. Oh, it's a word I can't say. <laughs> I was hoping we'd blast past that. They live about an hour away from each other. And they met a handful of times, four or five times, and their right, yeah. their relationship was based purely on text. They met in Florida, where their families, I think, were friends or had sort of houses or yeah. beach houses like next to each other or something. Yes, and it, sorry, it was um, the family of Conrad. Their grandmother had yes. a home in this like nice lake district area, and then. Uh, Michelle's family also had a place nearby and yeah. that's how they met they went on a bike ride together yes. and uh, it, they sort of just hit it off from there exchanged phone numbers only met as you say like in total about five times in yeah. their relationship their relationship was thousands upon thousands of text messages yeah which is a very modern romance isn't it really absolutely like all mess- like e- even nowadays you don't necessarily meet partners in public face to face you meet via an app yeah you know, soon, 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 it's going to become a thing where like parents are telling their kids how they met. You know, like, I'd ask my granddad how he met my nan, and he'd yeah. say, "Oh, she came down from Scotland for a little holiday, and uh, while she was there, I was working in the garage. I saw her walk past. I asked my mate who it was, and I, I got on a blind date with her." Yeah, it's like now you ask, like you know, it, 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 our generation now, they're like their grandkids are asking, "How did you meet nan?" Ah, oh, there once was an app called Bumble. Yeah, and I I swiped right and so did she what? yeah romance is dead isn't it but in this particular case they seemed to really enjoy each other their relationship was a bit strange and regrettably it ended with Conrad Roy the third yeah now the documentary the documentary doesn't go into too much detail in terms of um, how the text messaging starts to get dark it just kind of hits straight into it. Yeah, it, uh, it kind of tells you how they met, and then it kind of goes down like, yeah, we didn't really see Michelle. The family of his were like, yeah, we didn't really see how much. Like, um, we just knew that he was texting her all the time. Yeah. But what we do see is a video of Conrad about a month before he does commit suicide, and he's sat in front of his camera talking to camera, and he says how um, you know he is socially awkward and anxious he has suffers from a lot of social anxiety uh, and that makes him kind of feel a bit antisocial. but he does say how he and this is the thing that struck me when i watched it was how articulate he is mm. about how he is yeah he's very 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 aware of his mental health condition he knew the science behind it he knew the science behind it. He he was very aware that his brain wasn't wired correctly, or it wasn't producing enough uh, chemicals to Serotonin. make him to make him feel good. Yeah. 
Uh, he knew that he had a good family, a relatively good family structure, which we can talk about later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we knew he had a relatively good family structure. Uh, we knew that he was good at school, had friends, and yet, for some reason, he felt depressed and anxious all the time. Yeah. But then he does also make a point in the video that he wants to become more socially accepted. He yeah. wants to make more of a point. contribute to conversations. He wants to join in more and become that person. And then a month later, he's found dead in his car. Yeah, and how did we get to that point? So how did you get to that point? I think this is where we take the prosecution and defence standpoint. So we find out that clearly he has mental health issues. Yeah. He has suicidal tendencies. And he also has a girlfriend. Now, being someone who is very, very close to you in that sense, he clearly trusts her and tells her practically everything about himself and how he feels and stuff like that, including his suicidal thoughts. Uh, Now, like I say, it doesn't go into the detail as to how it gets, gets to that point, but we start to see him talking about suicide and her going along with it and going, okay, sure. Why not? Try bleach. Drink bleach. I hear that's good. Try sleeping pills. I hear that's good. Okay. So, so I don't really know how to just just wade in with the defence. So, Michelle Carter, obviously, her actions right from the get-go were despicable. I don't think there's any qualms about that, that, that what she did was wrong. But then it it, does, it gets to a point of did she break a law? And this this is where the defence really had a point. Did she break the law? Because she was charged with involuntary manslaughter. Yep. Well, that was the charge was brought. That was the her. initial charge they wanted to bring on her, which is murdering someone Invo- uh, with reckless behaviour. With reckless bla- behaviour. Um, so it, no it, in, no intent in the killing. It's the equivalent of getting behind a car drunk. Essentially, some yeah, I think I think so. I think that's somewhat accurate. Um, but the problem is the, the difficulty you've got and the difficulty they had at the time. If I tell you, James, right now to jump off a bridge, yeah. If you jump off that bridge, it's is that good. my fault or is that your fault? That's my fault. So why is she being charged for this? Exactly. Thank you for supporting the defence. Why? Well, <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> no, no. It's understand. difficult. It's really difficult. I see it on both sides, but and I and I will just. You know, talk well, we, well, I think we will wade more in specifics. That I think there was a real point in this case where she sh- really fucked up. I think there's a vital point where she there is a very specific up. point where she does. If fuck she up, doesn't, and do, that's what gets her. If she doesn't do one specific thing, she walks away. Yeah. Uh, so uh, f- if you don't know, she is eventually sentenced for his death. Yeah. The sentence is suspended, I believe. It is a suspended sentence, so she will not. No, it was suspended whilst they a suspended appealed it. While they appealed, and then the appeal was denied a f- year and a half later, perhaps. I think so. Yeah, and, and then, then she went straight to February prison. February twenty nineteen, she was put into prison for two years. But she'll only do fifteen months. Yeah, and then she'll be suspended sentence then after yeah. that, isn't it? Uh, so yeah, she was found guilty of his of cause for causing his death, uh, but there's a particular reason as to why she was found guilty, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but going back a bit, um, I don't. 
the whole thing and that's that, that the, the question that continually just sits in my mind is free speech and do yeah. you have free speech and if you do you can't be can you be held accountable for something you say yeah um and one thing they bring up in the series is a guy says if i if i point a gun at you and say jump off that bridge yeah uh and you say you don't want to do and then I say, no, jump off that bridge. Is that my fault? And then he's like, well, in that sense, like, you have a gun to that person. That's it's a It's a different situation. It's a different situation. He was like, the whole point is, there was a phone call. He's in the car. Yeah. And the fumes start to work. Yeah. And he gets scared. He gets out the car. He rings Michelle. And this is the difficulty. We only know what was said over the phone because Michelle tells us what was said over the phone. Yeah, in a there's text, a lot of dispute. In a text to a friend, okay? And she tells us that he says he's scared because it starts to work. And then she tells him to get back in the fucking car. Yeah. And then he does get back in the car. Now, that that was something that major thing that they debated initially was if is she guilty of his death because she told him to get back in the car because he has free will to just not do that. He doesn't have to do that. That that's the bit that really got her. I think if she doesn't tell him to get back in the car, she walks away. Exactly. So she's she's found guilty for somewhat causing his death because. Before he, was... he rang her, she had no idea he was about to do it at any point. He said, okay, I'm going to do it, right? That was his last text to her was, okay, I'm almost there, right? From then on, she has no idea whether he will or will not do it, right? But the moment she calls him, he calls her, sorry, and says, it's working, I'm scared. She says, get back in the car. That's her moment to say, okay, look, you've tried it. It didn't work. Stop it now. She, she could have stopped his death in that moment. That's the moment where she could have said, all right, don't be a twat. Come on, stop it now. Pack it in. Yeah, she could have. She could have. She could have, but she didn't. And that's that's uh, what what gets her done, really. That's what makes gets her undone. There's a whole other side to it as well. I'm sure you'll go into it as the, as the prosecution... Yeah, it kind of, that kind of dropped already, didn't it? Yeah, of the um, her her knee, her she she has mental health health issues. I think that much is very apparent to everyone that studies her, that she she also needs help, and I think it was two helpless people that kind of found each other. And throughout her life, she's being a social outcast, and she was consistently looking for ways to be accepted. Mm. Yeah, it was said she had no friends. A, a, a large portion of this case, of the prosecution's case, was that she did this so she could be seen as the grieving girlfriend, so that her friends would give her sympathy, so that people would give her attention. For a while, I agreed with that. I thought that's exactly what she's doing. But uh, I'm not too sure. I think there was an aspect of that, because the day after he dies, she texts her friend and says... Please, can we hang out? I don't, I don't want to be by myself. So yeah. how she used the death of Conrad uh, to, something... to to get friends who, who didn't want to hang out with her. They testified that they would talk in school, they would text occasionally, but every time Michelle asked them to hang out outside school, 
they would find an excuse not to. They didn't want to hang out with her and she would be persistent with asking them. Yeah, it's one of those things that they literally, they only really hung out because they went to the same school together and then the same class together and exactly. it just was convenient to hang out. Yeah. But outside of school, they weren't that interested in hanging out for her. No. She seemed to be a bit of an outcast, really. Well, she didn't have any friends. There's some of the texts that she's sending to her friends. It's just like, do you like me? Mm. And she's like, yeah. It's clear that she has severe anxiety and she's on medication for this anxiety, yeah. which is a big point in the defense's case where a psychiatrist comes in and says that she could be involuntary intoxicated, Yeah, I believe. Uh, yes, that's right, yeah. Where she is on so much anxiety, uh, anxiety medica- medication and what have you, she could be manic, she could be psychotic, she could not have a good grasp on reality, mm. which is why she... Sorry, my dog is scratching at the door and trying to get in. It's really distracting. Mm-hmm. So she could... Her, her standpoint changes, because he tried to kill himself early on, with an overdose and his parents knew about it yep. they thought he got help they thought he got better Michelle from this point was supporting him being like I'll support you there is support you can get we can find you a place to go she was actively trying to get Conrad help for his depression and suicidal thoughts mm. and then there becomes a point where it just seems to just change for not really much reason which is why I think the point of she was on these drugs and it was affecting her judgement it, it, I, I, I think that that's quite an interesting standpoint because maybe the drugs were affecting her judgment or maybe there is the point that she saw how much pain he was in and saw how much that he wanted to actually kill himself because he attempted to do it before that she thought in her world she thought she was doing the right thing by telling him to do it because that's what he wanted so maybe she thought that's what he wants and she was doing what was right for him and yeah. now she has to face the consequences of that it, uh, like, it's difficult right so um, in our country uh, at the moment there is a bit of a movement in terms of uh, uh, not assisted suicide but someone's assisted euthanasia this assisted is what I was euthanasia. thinking about I was watching this documentary yeah. so there's a thing where there's, there's a couple of people in the UK who are uh, unfortunately severely physically disabled to the point they they can't do anything on their own uh, and they need 24-7 care but one thing they do want is the ability to choose when they can have when they can end their life now in the UK obviously it's illegal to do that it's illegal to assist um, a suicide or euthanasia Um, and you find a lot of Brits who do decide to do that going to Switzerland mm-hmm. where there is a clinic where you can uh, take your own life by your own choice yeah now quite a few Brits have you know gone on to do that and it's they've been threatened by the UK government quite a bit saying you know you can be prosecuted for the assisted suicide but I think it's about jurisdictions and whatnot because it's not in the UK it doesn't it's not the same but like I said there's a bit of a, a little movement going on at the moment where should people be allowed to take their own life um, when they want to and not suffer, you know, repercussions for that. Mm. Now, I had this discussion with my girlfriend the other day and uh, we we tried to... I, I tried to sort of com, com, uh, compare the two of having a severe mental health illness that makes you want to kill yourself and being so physically uh, enabled that you know you're you're you want to you want to end your own life by your own choice 
and I concluded that 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 conversation only goes so far in that um, if you are physically disabled to the point where you know you know you, that that is your life chance obviously that that is your life you're not going to get any better this is this this is the this is the you know the the hand you've been dealt um if you choose to take your own life you've got a lot of time to think about that you're also very aware that this isn't going to change anytime soon so that it's it's a constant you know and so when you decide to make that decision you know that you're making that decision because there is no other option whereas when you have mental health issues Mental health issues can be so powerful and so strong that you do want to kill yourself, but there is always help. Yeah. And that's the difference, is that there is always help. So when Michelle's thinking maybe, for whatever reason, oh, uh, I, I want him to do it because I know that he's only going to try it again tomorrow, so why don't you just do it and do it properly so that I know you'll be happy. He won't be happy, he'll be dead. He won't know. He'll be out of this misery. Yeah, sure. He he he, he won't know because once you're dead, you're dead. That's it. There's nothing else after that. He's not exactly going to be sitting anywhere because the amount of text that was sent where she's saying, "I'll be looking up at the sky, knowing you're looking down at me, and I know that you're happy and you'll be with Jesus and all this sort of stuff." No, that's bollocks. There is nothing after you die. He will just be done. Get him some fucking help. Yeah. Stop. Stop pushing him to do it. Start pushing him to go to a doctor. Start pushing him to call his mum and tell her or his dad and sort that out, you know? That's the bit where I'm like, you're fucking stupid and you actively encourage this behaviour. And yes, she didn't She didn't put him in the car. She didn't put on the generator. She didn't lock the car doors so that he couldn't get out. She didn't do any of that. But over the months and months and months and months beforehand, she's been pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and just dropping those little nuggets of like you know try that try that try that to the point where he thinks that that is normal he even texts her at one point and says i don't think talking to you was is a good thing about this because you're so supportive of my decision he's so aware of it that it's a bad decision and she's been supportive and he knows that that's not good i rest my case (laughs) The, 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 uh, I mean, as a defence, I should say I agree that, that she shouldn't have told him to get back in the car. Obviously, from our point of view, it's easy to say that if we had a loved one who said, I'm going to kill myself, I'm going to get a generator and suffocate myself in my car, we wouldn't text them, do it. We would be in our cars and fucking get into them mm. quick. We'd drop everything. Yeah. Whereas in this case, I feel you've got a lad who has tried killing himself before he'll probably try killing himself again. Yeah. I think it's impossible to say, but I think without Michelle Carter's involvement, he still kills himself at some point. It's impossible to say for definite. I think he does. He's tried it before. It was a half ass attempt overdosing. And she, I think, did she give him the idea of generator? I think she does. Yeah. The, the the issue here is when he hesitates. When he hesitates and gets out the car, that is when she should step in and say, okay, go into the Kmart, tell them what you're doing, get help, go to the police, do something, call your mom. But she tells him to get back in. Mm-hmm. That is the fucking sucker punch that really ruined this case for her. Yeah. That's the bit that gets her undone. But I don't support what she did. 
at all. I think her actions were despicable. I, I, if ever you're going through a mental health crisis or have a loved one that is, help them. Get help. There is always some help. Never tell somebody that enough's enough, kill themselves. Especially if they're your boyfriend or girlfriend. Was it involuntary manslaughter? I don't know. When I was watching the prosecution episode, obviously I'd only seen one side point of view. And I was thinking it's more than involuntary manslaughter. I was thinking it's murder. It's Mm. murder by words. Yeah. Yeah, it is in a way. But the law is such a grey area. Like, obviously my personal views come in. Like, I think suicide being illegal is the most stupid fucking law. How can you make suicide illegal? If someone kills themselves, you can't go, well, that was illegal. But it's the act in itself that's illegal, not the end game. So if you try to commit suicide um, and you don't succeed, that's the bit... That's so you get you, punished for failing? You'd be punished for failing to kill yourself, yeah. I believe it, so. There's a flaw there. Yeah. There's a massive flaw there. Like, obviously, suicide is, is never the option. For some people... I, well, thank Christ I've never been in that situation. Mm. I know people that have been in that situation, and at that point, that is the only option for them. I, I can't comment on that situation until I'm there. God forbid that never happens. <clears throat> oh, it's such a grey area, because technically, she didn't break any laws. However, do we need to adjust the law with all the new technology coming in? Are words now classed as weapons? That's something that's really interesting. Um, her, she's being tried for texting him. Kill yourself. Do it. Are you going to do it today? When are you going to do it? Kill yourself. When are you going to end it? Da 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 da. She's being tried for that, mm. and yet we see in the documentary, she receives death threats. Yeah. Via social media. And when all she's day, walking into the court, day. people are chanting, kill yourself at her. Yeah. Now, what's the difference? What What is the difference of why are they not being tried? Because, God forbid, well, you know, what if she did go out the next day in her cell and kill herself yeah. or in her bedroom? Why did she not kill herself? What if she did? And that one. Every single person that shouted, kill yourself the day before, you're going to arrest them? Yeah. You know, they've got free speech. They're allowed to say what they like. They can say, kill yourself. If she kills herself, is it that person's fault? Mm, I don't know. I think the a very clever thing that the defence did is they decided to not have the case in front of a jury. They decided to just have the judge decide, which I think clever. was very clever because a jury would base it on emotion. Very, and if very you base clever. this case purely on emotion, she has killed this boy. Yeah, she would have got a horrend- like a really heavy sentence. However, the judge looked at it without any emotion and looked at it from the law's perspective, mm-hmm. which is what needed to happen. Yeah. It's diff- I'm, I'm, I'm trying to defend her but if Michelle Carter wasn't involved in this man's life would he be alive now? I think so. Probably? I, yeah. I do believe so. Um, I know you said earlier it was like you know he probably would have killed himself another time. I don't think so. He was 18. He just passed his captain's license so he could uh, sail boats. Yeah. He had his grandfather was insanely proud of him. I think it was only like a week or two before he actually ended his life. Um, I think that being 18 is now like a time you start your life then you know that's when a new chapter begins mm. that's chapter two you know um okay you get a job you meet new friends you you try something different you yeah. you, you know you, you begin to grow as a human being as an adult um 
And I think that he could have got better. You know, he, he might have seen things differently. I mean, I know I'm a completely different person now at 26 than I was when I was 18. You yeah, know, when I was sure. 18, I I um, I was diagnosed with mental health issues when I was 17. And at 17, 18, I, I was in denial for most of those years. Yeah. Complete denial. I had this image that it was an add-on. It was an add-on. I wasn't born with it, which means I don't, it can go. I can't yeah. get rid of it. And so I try and do everything in my power to just ignore it and get rid of it. And then you had to realize, oh, no, actually, I've got this for a long time kind of thing. I need to learn to live with it. Um, and I think, you know, he's going through that learning stage where you're learning how to cope with your mental health issues. And clearly his, his, his were, you know, more severe than mine were. Um, he attempted suicide. I have never mm. attempted suicide. I've thought about it. I wouldn't do it. Um, so I'm in a sense better off than he was. Yeah. Um, but like I say, I'm now nearly 10 years into having mental health issues and I am pretty good at distinguishing what am I, uh, what sets me off, uh, what I'm happy to do. Uh, something I learned was don't do anything that doesn't make you happy. If it makes you uncomfortable or anxious, don't do it. There's no point. Why don't do it for anyone else except for yourself, you know? Um, and I think he's learning. He's in that process of learning. He's he's actually able to talk about how he feels to someone, which is such a big step. He says how, like, you know, um, uh, counselling is no good for him. It doesn't work. Well, he talks to Michelle all day, every day. So it does work. It's just who he's supposed to be with. And that's the point, particularly with counselling. Mm. Counselling is such a difficult thing to do. I've done it before and it hasn't worked because it's a personal thing. If you don't get on with the person you're supposed to be talking to, you ain't going to open up. It takes time and you can go through like three or four different counsellors before you feel genuinely comfortable with someone talking to them. It just happens that his counsellor was very content with allowing him to do what he wanted to do, which is very destructive. Mm. So I believe, yeah, if he, if she wasn't there convincing him, coercing, uh, is that the word? Coercing. Uh, Coercing him into doing it, he'd still be alive today. Maybe. I think maybe he would have tried it a couple more times, probably. Yeah. What gets really gets me, and I've gone off a bit of a rant now, but what really gets me is the mum, his mum. Yeah. His mum says, I had no idea. I had no idea what was going on. And if I'd known, I'd have handcuffed him to my car and took him to a doctor. Even though... Even though... He had attempted. He had attempted it before. Well, what do you mean you had no idea, mum? Because he's done it before. And you just seem to think it's okay now. Mm. That he's fine. Yeah. You need to keep a close eye on your kids. you got to keep a close eye on your kids. It's so important, I think, to have a, such a, a good, open, honest relationship with your kids. Make make them feel like they can tell you almost anything. And, and, and I think this is something that um, our generation of parent is going to be better at, maybe. Yeah, when we're older and we've got kids, older, I'm fucking twenty six. <laughs> when I when I when I've got kids, you know, I'd like to be have I'd like to have my kids be put in a position where you know they know that having mental health issues is absolutely okay and fine. For the same reason, you'd come to me and say I've got a stomachache. I want them to be able to come to me and say, look, I feel really anxious today. You know, and when you talk it out. I mean, I don't. I, I still don't like the brain is an organ and a fucking important one. 
So when it goes yeah. wrong, like, it and needs we, to be we hardly understand anything about it. Yeah. You know, we understand the the physical aspects of it. You know, they can tell you where the amygdala is and all that sort of yeah. stuff, but ask them how it works. Is you it, get nothing. It's a it's a marvel of fucking engineering, really. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And I, I, I briefly alluded to it um, last episode when I said you know, we were talking about humans being assholes uh, to each other. And I said, you know, humans don't want to do that kind of thing. Humans, by design, don't want to kill themselves. They're not designed to do that. If you think about it from an evolutionary perspective, like, what's the point in evolution? The point is to continue the gene pool going. The point is, is like, you know, you can almost look at the genes as like a, a separate entity that uses your body to pass itself on and and, uh, and mutate and become something different and better, right? What's the point in it killing you? Because it's not going to go anywhere then. You know, humans ain't designed to kill themselves. They want to live. That's why we've got the fight or flight thing, you know? It's ingrained in your brain that you live and you survive. That's why people do incredible things when they're under pressure. Like, yeah. you know, is it 127 hours? Like, breaks his own fucking arm and cuts his own arm off, you know? Yeah. People do some incredible crazy stuff when put under such serious life or death situations so when it gets to the point where you feel like you need to kill yourself that has some serious red flags yeah. you need to sort it out that's not normal and i'm sorry that that like you know it is um it's not normal it's weird it's not normal okay if you feel like that if you're listening and you feel suicidal go get some fucking help seriously go get some help speak to your friend speak to your parent someone who's close to you Go get some help because I'm telling you now that is not normal thinking. It's not supposed to be like that. You can get help. Anyway. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. So, yeah. The mom, I think, should have yeah. been a bit better. I think. Yeah. I think staying on mental health, I think Michelle, we need to look at her as well. Yes. Because it's very clear, very clear she has her own issues. She's not suicidal. No. She's on antidepressants, anti-anxiety. Yes. She's on uh, anti-anxiety and antidepressants, um, and he's on something called citalopram, which is an antidepressant. Yeah. Which, I, which I've been on as well. Have you? Yeah. So I've been on citalopram as well. So this is scary. where, um, when, when you got the psychiatrist talking about her being, you know, disillusioned, disillusioned and stuff like that. I understand that there are, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Side effects. Side effects to nearly every drug. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm very, I'm very skeptical about that. Fair. Okay. They do say it happens in very small. Ca- oh yeah, it's cases. incredibly rare. Yeah. Granted. But I think something that really struck me that I t- didn't see coming is the bit where they focus on Glee. 
Oh my god, that was crazy. So Michelle loves Glee. And she particularly identified with the Leah Michelle character. I don't know Glee, I don't know the character. No, name. I don't watch it either. And in real life, Leah Michelle was married to not married, she was engaged to be married to I've completely forgotten his name, another actor from, from Glee. Glee, yeah. And he died in real life. He overdosed and was found in a hotel in Canada, dead. And in Glee, they did like they killed off the character as well. So it's kind of a weird fucking. I'm so thing glad there. you said it because I think that's crazy. That's a weird fucking thing to do. But they they're all singing like pop songs to him, and obviously we all identify with characters. I have characters that I identify with, and I'm like they're fucking awesome. I see a bit of myself in them. But Michelle did it to the point with Leah Michelle's character that she would take lines out of the show of this grieving girl take lines out of the show and text them to her friends the exact lines so so this for me is where i think michelle has just a blurred perception of reality yeah. she, she's not in the same headspace as everyone else she doesn't understand how the world works everyone else she's clearly got her own issues that need dealing with and comrade unfortunately was on the end of that whether she saw leah michelle getting attention for being the grieving girlfriend and wanted the same. I don't know. There is a big argument that she wanted attention. I'm not sure. How old was she at the time? 17? 17. I mean, we all quote, with great power comes great responsibility. Spider-Man, yeah. We all quote, you know, like... Um, I quote The Office daily. Yeah, or, you know, uh, you either die the hero or yeah. you live long enough to... See yourself become the villain. Like, we all quote, like, our favourite movies, favourite TV shows... And, like, you know, you drop those in a text or something like that. Yeah. Maybe she felt that that was the best way she could express herself. You know, uh, maybe that was, maybe there was no words that she could say that would sound as good yeah. as what she heard on Glee. And but so she sent the Glee text. To do it word for word. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, I suppose. What what really got me with the text is the dry run. Yeah, the dry, this is, the, this is a, a thing seen serial killers. Yeah. Serial killers do dry runs just to test the water and see how it goes. So, on it's July 10th, um, two days before Conrad kills himself, uh, takes his own life, um, she texts a friend saying, oh my God, he's been kidnapped. And then plays out this whole fantasy via text that Conrad has been kidnapped and has gone missing. When in fact she was talking to him, she was texting him at the same time. Completely normal. There was nothing wrong at all. But she was getting all the attention from her friend, all the attention she was desperate for. Right? That's crazy. That's fucked up. Yeah, she did. And then, but this is—I know I'm fighting the prosecution here. And then, she had established that he was missing, and suddenly she had to get him to kill himself in order. To like play out the rest of the fantasy. Yeah, I'm I, I I'm a big proponent of that fantasy uh, theory, in that she wasn't suicidal. You're right, but she did have mental health issues. Mm. She had an eating disorder and she had some severe anxiety issues. Right, I it, the theory kind of is that she almost was living her suicidal thoughts and tendencies through him. Yeah. Which is why she was so persistent in getting him to do it because until he does it, she can't fulfill those fantasies of her own of killing herself. Yeah. She's never going to do it. She knows she can't do it, 
but she can get this other boy to do it and she can live through that and she can get that it's almost like Munchausen's disease you know Munchausen's disease is a, a disease where people get off on the attention so they uh, they hurt themselves um, to get attention from that yeah, yeah it's almost like that it's like causing pain and discomfort to people and herself so she gets attention yeah she's so desperate for this attention that's crazy it makes you wonder what what's her home life like or is it purely the, the never, school thing it never went into her mother and father but it, they never, s- they, it seemed that like they were together well they said fine. Uh, they said at the end of the documentary both the mother father and Michelle declined to comment yeah, yeah that's the thing Michelle you never hear speak no, you do don't. like a couple of lines when she's uh, yeah when she's talking to uh, the judge yeah. and to the police when she's uh, 17 yeah but apart from that she's just a figure yeah, she's just yeah this uh, this smirky face. One thing that gets me was um, I don't think it was a smirky face. It was not a, exactly. It was exactly where I'm going. It looked it like was one, not but a I think they face. just took a picture. Exactly, uh, they have freeze framed her moving her mouth. She might have like an itch on the nose and just like yeah. So it looks like she's smirking, and they they managed to like you know freeze frame and take a picture of her quotes smirking. Uh, and in the media, you've got you know some woman from this TV being like, "Look at that face! Yeah. Look at her smirking! Look, put that back up the screen! Put it back up! Ameri- Look at her well, smirking!" I'm, I'm, I know we have American listeners, but American journalism is fucking gotcha journalism. In the, England, we have issues with the sun, but when you watch like CNN and Fox, they fucking go for people. Yeah, guys, like, your, no your news, your news is so dramatized; it's unreal. Like ours is just here's the facts. With you ignore the sun, you ignore fucking newspapers essentially yeah our our news channels like news programs in particular like they're they're very boring they're very boring it's just here's the facts do with them what you want yeah yeah the only thing that's somewhat relatively interesting now is piers morgan on good morning britain but that's literally been brought up to like give get fucking views and shit but yeah guys you guys sort sort your news out (laughs) it's it's weird it's that is really weird like when we brits see like news uh channels from the americans yeah it's so alien to us so aggressive yeah so aggressive it's like oh my god look at that and it's like all right cool you're a news report you're supposed to be completely impartial anyway we digress but yeah i thought the media were i think the media really they knew which side they were on yeah from the get-go they 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 jumped on it and they influenced the public as well with that which is if we're going back to the whole she decided not to have a jury of her own peers judge her she decided to have a judge weigh in on the case which like we said earlier was legally a fucking genius move because they were they were finding it so difficult to decide whether she'd actually committed a crime or not that if it was a jury that were deciding her fate should have been found guilty almost immediately because purely based on emotion but purely based on emotion because they wouldn't give a shit about anything else but the fact that there's a boy dead and she texted him saying kill yourself right whereas the judges would look at it from a purely legal standpoint and say okay legally has she committed a crime mm, no at what point has she potentially committed some sort of crime well when he got out of the car and called her she could have stopped it for that reason alone that is involuntary manslaughter because you could have stopped it but then it, she lies a lot it, it became oh, clear to the she, she lies a lot and the o- there was no phone call there's no recording of the phone call her, her telling him to get back in he, she never texted him to get back in the car she only ever told her friend that she told him to get back in the car yeah. so this potentially could be her running out of sympathy from her friends maybe being like oh my god I could have done this I did this give me more sympathy yeah. it might never have happened no, exactly, yeah, and that's the thing, we, we, we just don't know. 
we really just don't know. I think she's a she's a proven out and out liar. And this is the thing as well. Um, she's been she. What condemned her was the text message to a friend that said that she told him to get back in the car. Now, as we've also established, Michelle Carr is a liar. She lies to her friends. She fibs to get attention. Who's to say that that text was not also a fucking lie? I think there was one thing that kind of said that it was truth. The scientists came in and said, uh, this wasn't a documentary, this was just extra research that I did, said that the effects of carbon dioxide is something like, in three minutes you begin coughing, in five minutes you're retching, in ten minutes you're passed out, in twenty minutes you stop breathing. That's like the timeline of it. Right. And the timeline of that, she he was on the phone to her for like 46 minutes, so the timeline states that he was doing it, got out, vented the car, and then got back in. So like the autopsy kind of confirmed that maybe she some she he probably got out and got back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not doubting. No, because obviously we know that he got. Out, we know that he had a phone call. You know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. It's chances are he got out, and then that's when he rang her. We just don't really know what was said necessarily. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I find really fucking crazy, which is why she's she's a crazy bitch, um, when she was speaking to the family via text saying, oh my God, like, yeah. you tried your best, I tried my best. Mum's like, I didn't fucking know, which yeah. she fucking should have, side note. But then also it's when she texts the the, uh, the sister, who, by the way, has a really fucked up weird spelling name, Camden, C-A-M-D-Y-N. Anyway, <laughs> she texts Camden and it's like, uh, what are you doing with the ashes? Yeah, remember that? that and she's like, fucked. "Oh, we're uh, we're scattering half the ashes in the sea," and I can't remember the other half was going. And she's like, "Oh, that's beautiful. That's really nice." Um, look, I know it's a big ask. I know you probably wouldn't want me to. Any chance I can have some of the ashes? Why would you want to do? Fucking smear them over your face. Yeah, Why do you that, want the ashes? A, you crazy bitch. That was a strange thing. Really, fucking... really weird. She also set up like fundraisers for mental health and stuff. Yep. So she set up his uh, homeless for Conrad, which was in her hometown. In her hometown, which was a baseball game. Uh, where they would raise money for like ma- mental, uh, health, mental health charities. And when questioned why wasn't in Conrad's hometown, she got very defensive and accused others or asked others, are you trying to take credit for my idea? Yeah, this is my idea. Are you trying to take credit it's for my idea? It's the fact that like, two days or however long after she had lost apparently the love of her life, as she, quote, literally called him, and she's texting people like, lol, haha, why are you trying to take credit? I'm doing this. Like, yeah, it's the ha-ha, It's like it? so fucked. I, I, thank fuck I've never been in that situation. But I imagine losing someone that dear to you, if they even were that dear to you, you wouldn't even want to text anyone, let mm. alone text people like, ha-ha, trying to do all this shit. Yeah. I, I, maybe people react differently, I don't know. And one of the mad parts was the day after. The day after she texts a friend and says, hey, do you want to hang out? Yeah. Like, what do you want to hang fuck? out? Do you want to hang out to take my mind off of it? What the fuck? Did she do it for attention? I, I don't know. I'm so, I'm so conflicted. And the thing is, like, if you listen to this podcast, I think we've been heavy on the prosecution. And to be fair, she probably does deserve jail time. But watch the documentary, and you'll be conflicted as well. Mm, yeah, yeah. Because there's some I can't put my finger on it, but there's something not right about it. No, and this is the thing. So. All that being said, everything that we've discussed, right? And I know you, like you said, it's been somewhat more one-sided than the other. And from a legal standpoint, she hasn't done anything illegal. No. In that she has, 
the Americans are granted freedom of speech. Yeah. They're allowed to say what they like and they can't be ju- uh, they can't be tried for that, right? Which is absolutely fair for that. All right. So she said, kill yourself. She's pressed it. She's pressed it. She's pressed it. Okay. Eventually he's gone and done it. Now, you can't prosecute her for that because she wasn't there. She didn't make him kill himself. She said that he should and he did. He has complete free will and autonomy to not do that. He doesn't have to do that. He chose to do that, okay, in that moment. Yeah, he's in a is a very weakened state of mind. Uh, you could use say that that is abuse of power uh, in the moment. I think there's a good cause and for, for saying that. But regardless, just because she said he has to do it doesn't mean he had to do it. He, he didn't have to do it, okay? No. But so the problem there in this, um, you know, she shot herself in the foot by saying that she rang her, told her it was working, he was scared, he didn't want to do it, and then she told him to do it, okay? Again, even by saying, get back in the fucking car, he doesn't have to do that. No, he could walk into the shop. He could walk into the shop and like, ask for help. Can please someone call an ambulance? Can please someone call my mum? He doesn't have to do it. And that's the difficulty there, is that uh, at every turn, just because she says he has to do it, he does not have to do it. No. For instance, it's 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 a, it's a, it's a fucking side note. It's it's way side, right? And it's very different. And it's either going to get a shitload of hate or you're <laughs> going to just shoot me down immediately. <laughs> but Charles Manson, right, and the Manson family. Where's this going? Exactly, where's this going? Charles Manson and the Manson family are famous for killing. Uh, is it Sharon Stone and um, uh, some, the director's wife wasn't it? She was pregnant. Yeah. They killed her and they killed a couple of other people in their homes. Um, technically speaking, but Charles Manson didn't, Charles Manson didn't kill anyone. Uh, I don't think Charles Manson was there on any of those occasions he either. Or- he was the orchestrator. He was the orchestrator. So Charles Manson tells them to kill people. Yeah. They kill people. Um, technically, is, is that the same boat? Is that in the same ballpark? Yeah. Just because he's told them to kill him, do they have to do it? They don't have to do it, do they? I mean, I mean, it's a bit different. I know it's a cult, and I know that it's maybe yeah. repercussions when they come home or something. So maybe we'll part that to one side. But, you know, it's something that popped out in my head when... Uh, I was thinking over this case in particular. Um, but yeah, th- the crux of it is this. James, go jump off a bridge. No, thank you. Exactly. You don't have to. Just because I say you've got to do it, you don't have to do it. And if you did do it, if when I if after we finish recording all these episodes, I get in my car, I go home, and then tomorrow I get a phone call saying, James jumped off a bridge. Is that on you? Is that my fault? Sorry, is that my fault? Because there is a recording of you saying that, no? There is a recording of me saying that, and there's also a recording of you saying no. You know, and if you then choose to do it, you go, well, Ryan told him to do it, and he's kind of done it. And you're like, okay, yeah, he put the idea in his mind. Yeah. It's... It's difficult. It's such a grey area and such a fascinating case. Morally, what she's done is fucking... Oh, horrendous. Her actions are despicable. Disgusting. If Absolutely ever disgusting. you have someone in your life that needs help, fucking help them. Absolutely disgusting that she would abuse the her position of power in that sense. Um, so uh, immoral basically what she done was immoral I think her grasp on reality is different from everyone else as well I agree yeah I think I think so she see, she does seem to see things differently I, she's I got a very odd look in way of the world what month is it now we're in we are October. in October so February, March April, May June, July August September, August she's like what nine months into her sentence yeah oh, I don't think she'll cope well in prison yeah it'd be interesting to see how she's gone she'll be out soon yeah after christmas yes yeah you're right like summertime next year i think she'll be out mm-hmm. but i think the prosecution summed it up best at the end was said there are no winners in this case a young man's lost his life and a young woman has served is serving jail time and has lost years off her life mm. for something that is avoidable 
definitely avoidable. Um, so avoidable. So that's pretty much. Well, I think that's it really for the case. Um, unless you've got anything else you really want to bring up. No, I think it's just a case of what she did was wrong. Yeah, I what think she we can did sum that. maybe wasn't illegal. Yeah, I think that's a good summary of saying what technically what she did was wasn't illegal, but it's very immoral. Yeah. Uh, and you know, if you are ever in that position, fucking help someone, man. And do do laws need to change? Do laws need to change? Yeah, but then you know, you you, you go and you you literally walking into the freedom of speech territory and yeah, taking bits away from it. You know, it's difficult. Otherwise, then at that point, you can start uh, you can start sentencing Twitter trolls who you know threaten your life. That that did happen recently. Jack Green. I'll t- side note completely. But Aston Villa is a football team in Birmingham. So is Birmingham City. They're big rivals. Aston Villa were playing Birmingham City and a Birmingham City fan ran onto a pitch and punched Jack Grealish. At the same time this happened, a Birmingham City fan went on Twitter, added Jack Grealish and started abusing him about his dead brother. That guy on Twitter was in court the other day for his comments. Really? He was was in court for being a Twitter troll. Interesting. So I think the law is progressing. I think the law in Massachusetts was different. Mm. I, th- I think it was different from the rest of America. But the law is progressing to the point where words can be seen as weapons. And trolling is getting people prosecuted. It's difficult. It's very difficult and very dangerous ground, I think. It, because then it becomes a point of, like, obviously you've got a lot of banter culture. Like, something to me might be harmless to someone else is devastating. Yeah. But that's that. That then is, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, it's it's relative. Yeah. That's relative. You know, it, it's harmless to you. It's, it's devastating to someone else. But then, can you have a go at the person that said that thing just because one person was upset by it? No. But then, does the person who was upset by it have a right to not be upset by things? They have a right to be upset by it. Yeah. But that's up to them to deal with it. That's not up. It, the onus is not on the person who upset them. Yeah. Because they can't that's guarantee the, that they, 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 they don't know that they was going to upset. That's the whole thing. The comedy. I think maybe the point is, uh, may, maybe the point is, did you go with intention to upset someone? Exactly. Can you do someone for that? Yeah. Maybe so. So yeah. with this Jack, uh, Jack relation his Twitter troll, that person actively went out of his way to upset yeah, someone. Yeah, sort out an individual. Yeah, whereas if you're like a comedian on stage and you're talking to an audience, you're not honing in on one individual and no, attacking. It's no. not... What's the word? Oh, I don't know the word. It, you, you're, you're not Targeting? Attacking yeah. 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 It's not malicious. No, yeah, you're right. Um, so yeah, it, that is a fascinating, fascinating case. And yeah, it's something watch. that you know you can debate and discuss amongst yourselves. Uh, feel free to you know discuss it with us. Watch the documentary for sure. I'd recommend it to all. It's Absolutely. really well made as well. Really well made. Get yourself like a, a cup of tea, sit down, and have a have a watch. Yeah, definitely watch that. That that documentary is called "I Love You Now Die," and that's on Sky Crime. I'm sure you can find it elsewhere. It's a HBO documentary. I watched it so on Now TV. Oh yeah, so you can get Now TV. You'll definitely find it on HBO, and um, yeah, definitely check it out. And like I say, if you do have anything that you want to talk to uh, that about with us like if there's anything you want to bring up or say you know i didn't like that or that's something you didn't talk about definitely hit us up uh, on instagram you find us th- this story is so deep we've missed oh god so yeah. much yeah this 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 thing is like this is like a, an iceberg like yeah. you, we've just got to the top but there's yeah. so much underneath. we have missed so much uh so yeah hit us up on uh, instagram at that's what people do podcast find us on facebook at that's what people do Find us on Twitter at that's WPD or just drop us an email on that's what people do podcast at gmail.com. Also, while we're at it, 
obviously we've uh, spoke a bit about mental health. Um, I've spoke briefly a bit about my own um, personal uh, story with mental health. Um, if at all you are feeling down or if you feel like there's no one to talk to, um, please, you can always call the Samaritans. The Samaritans have a number. You can call them at 116-123 and that line is free. Okay, so um, they're open 24-7. That's 116-123. Is that universal or is that just the UK? I believe that's for the UK. Um, um, I'm sure America will have their own. American, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you will. Um, well, failing that, just drop us a fucking message. I'll have a chat. Yeah, honestly, yeah, just, yeah, drop us an email or something. I'll happily sit and talk to you. Um, so yeah, if you are feeling down, if you are feeling a bit, you know, in a in a rut, always, always, always seek out help. Go speak to someone. Tell someone, you know, to say, you know what, I'm not feeling great. You know, it's okay to not be okay. So do do get help. It really you really will get better i promise you that and if you see any red flags with your friends like call them out bring yeah. them up on it absolutely help them don't do what michelle carter did don't if, encourage if you them. think that someone wants to die and you think you're helping them by telling them to you're not you're not because his family will suffer and it's just a loss of life which is a shame hmm but yeah, I thought I feel like that was that was a very interesting episode. We could have gone on for hours and hours about the morals and the law and yeah. all the all the spiel. But go and watch the documentary. Get your own thoughts and opinions on it, and let us know what you think. Yeah, for sure, because it's it's a juicy one and one that I think is kind of groundbreaking. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a new new place in the law. So yeah, it's something to think about. All right, guys. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I hope that was interesting for you. Apologies if you know that was a bit all over the place unlike what we usually do yeah. uh, but it's been it's a crazy crazy case and even crazy. we weren't sure where to start with this so thank you very much for sticking with it and listening and I hope you enjoyed it yep. and uh, next week we'll be lightening the mood a bit fucking hell I don't know why I've done it I'm just looking at my notes now we're going to go for William Shakespeare smashing we're going to go for the bard yeah. the most famous man one of man. the most famous people to ever live yeah alright guys we'll see you next week alright thanks for listening tatty bye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.